is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We have OTAs underway, boys. And with that, we have our first Ben Roethlisberger sighting on a practice field this year. Dale Lawley tweeted out a video just yesterday of Roethlisberger getting some tosses in before practice. And yeah, he was zipping the ball 30 yards on a line towards the end of the video as Dale captioned in his tweet. And look, I know it's super early, so you don't want to get too into it because remember last year the talk around Ben was he's in the best shape of his life. He's throwing the ball a mile around the field with a lot of zip on it. And we all saw how last season ended, but it's a lot better to have video evidence of this at the beginning of OTAs this year than Ben not even being there or being like, well, Ben Roethlisberger's here, but he can barely walk to the 50 yard line under his own power. So I know it's super early and it's kind of stupid to get incredibly high on just a couple of quick videos of Ben Roethlisberger throwing in shorts during not even legit practices, just OTAs. But still, it's a lot better than the alternative, and it looks at least like he's in playing shape, and that's the best start you can have in May. We're in the end of May now, so I know it's super early, but good start for the Steelers, good start for Ben, and it's nice to see the quarterback at OTAs. You don't have to be there. They're optional, but he's there working out with his new uh, weapon, Najee Harris, and I think that's a smart move. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, the Steelers invested a lot in Najee Harris taking him in the first round, so if you're Ben, you might as well build a relationship with him, albeit it's probably going to be a one-year relationship, but you might as well build a relationship with him as quickly as you possibly can. Um, I mean, he's going to be the guy that you're hopefully going to hand the ball off to 20, 25 times a game, if not more. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a good start for Ben. And, you know, you said he's in great shape, and or he looks like he's in good shape, which is a positive. But, you know, we are in May, so there's a lot that can change until now. And does that really mean anything? No. But it is a good start, and, um, you know, I mean, he does not have to be there. But I think part of that, too, is is just building a relationship with Matt Canada. I know he probably already has one, but at the same time, I saw a video of Ben on Twitter um, talking to Canada a lot and having a conversation with him and walking up and down the field with him while other people were doing drills. Obviously, Ben's not, you know, doing every drill possible and all that there. Um, but he was having a long conversation with Matt Canada, and I think that's important because – you know, uh, that's the guy that's going to be calling plays for the Steelers this year. And for Ben, you know, it's probably going to be a different set of plays, a different set of offense that he's used to. So I think it's a great thing. I mean, yes, he's built a relationship with Najee, but I think it's great that he's already, I mean, of course he's going to talk to his offensive coordinator, but it's more important now because we all know how different the offense is going to look. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kellen, there. I think it's the biggest important thing to work on right now is the compatibility between Najee and Ben. Ben has to get used to, once again, having a running back who can do A, B, C, D, and E for him. He needs to be able to, Ben needs to be able to feel comfortable with Najee because for the past three years or so, dating back to 2018 when Le'Veon Bell first sat out, Ben hasn't had a, a running back who he's really been on the same level with, where it's kind of a symbiotic relationship. They're on the same wavelength at all times. And you knew that was the case when Le'Veon Bell was out on the field and when Antonio Brown was out on the field. And with Ben having four re- four returning receivers, that's a huge 
deal for him. And also the return of Eric Ebron. That's another comfortable factor for Ben. But he's got to feel comfortable working with Najee Harris. And it's really it's really promising to see Ben show up to a, an OTA like this because for veterans like Ben, I mean, these are OTAs that are optional. And for guys who are 18-year veterans, you're not really expected to show up at something like this because you know where your roster spot is. You know you have it locked down. There's really nothing that you need to prove or nothing you need to work on because you've been doing it for so long. So it's really, I think, a good thing to see Ben out there working with Najee this early in the offseason. Yeah, it's really nice to see him working with Najee, but a point Kellen made, too, that I, I want to jump on there is his working with Matt Canada and starting to open up the dialogue with Matt Canada. Uh, I know, again, I keep, I'm going to keep adding this caveat to everything I say pretty much in this episode, but it's super early. I, I know that, but that's a good sign that there's at least starting to be some sort of uh, collaboration between Canada and Ben, starting in these OTAs. It's a new offense that... They have some wrinkles, too, from last year that they tried to implement, and they did successfully towards the beginning of the season and not so much at the end of the season. But still, it's basically an overhaul of this offense, and you want to get as much time as you can in with it before the regular season starts because you want to be as familiar as possible since you are the quarterback of the team. So I think it's refreshing to see him there working out with Canada, working out with the rookies, starting to get a grasp on what the offense is going to look like in 2021. And I think it's also a sign that, you know, say what you will about Ben, it's clear that he's still all in and committed towards winning football games. I mean, you look around the league, Rodgers isn't showing up to his OTAs. That situation's different, but right. Yeah, I mean, I get your point. And I agree, it is a much different situation. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are some other veteran quarterbacks that might get to OTAs eventually but aren't there day one of OTAs or aren't working out like Ben is throwing passes to players maybe just hanging around the facility but guys it is refreshing to see Ben there early the guy's a competitor the guy's a winner I think a lot of people doubt him when he says I want to come back and win but I think that his actions speak so much louder where that guy is committed to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. And even though some of us might sit here and think that's a little far-fetched and the twilight of his career and how the roster is constructed for the Steelers right now, but it's clear in his mind that this is another last ride. He wants to get to the playoffs. He doesn't want to end with a playoff loss. He at least wants to get one more playoff win under his belt, I believe. And I'm sure he wants to get to the Super Bowl, of course, but I just don't think he wants the last playoff experience from Ben Roethlisberger being an absolute drubbing by the our tribal Cleveland Browns. He, he wants, he's out for a little redemption there and you're going to see the hunger from Ben this year. Yeah. And it's, it's not a matter of effort. It's not a matter of try. It's not a matter of will. It's just a matter of, does he still have the physical ability? Yeah. And that's and what we're going to find out. Right. That's the question. You know, that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of people have question marks about. And that's why, you know, some people are down on the Steelers. They, they think that, you know, um, that Ben probably, you know, can't do it as well as he used to. And I think that's a, a fair assessment, but at the same time, as you said, Tom, it is clear that he still, you know, wants to be here. And, and I think Ben is realizing that, hey, this is the last, you know, this is my last go around. And at the very, very best for Ben, he has one more after this. I don't think that's in the Steelers' best intentions, but I think Ben realizes that is like, look, this is probably my last shot. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure that, like you said, he does not want 
um, his last playoff game to be an embarrassing loss against the Browns, who didn't have a head coach present who was, you know, watching the game from his his couch and they were COVID ridden. I'm sure that that's not how Ben wants his playoff career to end. Um, You know, does that mean that, uh, you know, Ben's going to put the Steelers on the back on his back and make it to the playoffs and win a playoff game? I don't know. But at the same time, he definitely, definitely, I mean, him being there this early tells you how driven he is for this year because he knows it's probably his last one. Yeah, I agree. I I think he is this winner. And this is the guy who, when he came in, when he was first drafted in 2004, said, I want to win five because I want to beat Terry's four. And it, it, it was something like a, it seems to be something like a Dan Marino like career where he got there year after year early on, but now it's been 10 plus years since he's been back and he's only had three playoff wins in that span of time since his loss in Super Bowl 45 against the Packers. But the drive is still there and the team is there now too. I think since the since the Lev Bell and Antonio Brown era, this is probably the best supporting cast Ben has had in what four years now since they since both of those guys were on the field together on offense yeah Yeah, on offense for sure defense it's been there for him and unfortunately the offense it just seemed that whenever the offense was high clicking with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown that was when the defense was kind of at a low point with guys like Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis and Artie Burns and then when the defense got hot, that's when Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and we kind of saw the offense go stagnant for a while. But now it seems with the arrival of Najee Harris, with the addition or the promotion of Matt Canada to the offensive coordinator position, it does seem that this could be the year that both the offense and the defense kind of get on the same page and are at the best of their game. Yeah, I completely agree as far as the offense hasn't looked this good since or the this departure promising. of AB, since the departure of Le'Veon Bell. And you're right, this promising, and of course it's only on paper. Weakness is the offensive line, though. There's definitely a drop-off from four years ago when they had Bell and Brown to the line that they have uh, right now. But if you listen to one of our earlier episodes this week of Steelers Standard, you would find out that the line might be a little bit better than what a lot of people nationally and even some locally (laughs) are projecting it to be. Uh, We talked about how he's got great pieces on offense. We kind of mentioned about how he's getting some work in with Najee Harris. There's a video that was released from OTAs of Ben doing, you know, just some short passes to Najee, five yards, dump off, simulating that. Ben was kind of throwing them down low, throwing them up high, you know, bad passes, trying to make Najee Harris get used to that because in the game, everything's not going to be perfect. you got to be able to make some shoestring grabs if you're in the NFL. And Pro Football Focus quote tweeted it and commented, Ben Roethlisberger working on his deep ball and a lot of people got really upset about that, and, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty funny joke. I did, too. I, I think it's harmless, too. Yeah. I don't think that they're, you know, taking a stand against Ben Roethlisberger I mean, and, and trashing him to oblivion. I think it's just a funny joke. I mean, dude, Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw the ball down the field no, last year very often. He didn't. I mean, we, we illustrated it. What was it, 11.7% of the passes were, like, big play explosives? Right. Like, I mean, what, what, is, what is PFF supposed to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, it's unprofessional. Like, dude, you're angry that you didn't come up with that joke. You that's know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. And PFF knows. I mean, like, that's wor- That's a drill that every quarterback does around right. the league with their running backs. It's, they're simulating the dump off whenever there's a lot of pressure and the running back's a safety valve. And I know that that's just in practice and they're just, you know, getting familiar with each other. But that's part of that game that's going to been missing for four years, Jacob, that – 
I think is going to be coming mm-hmm. back is that dump off that running back out of the backfield, that safety valve option. You saw Ben working with him there as far as those quick little catches are concerned. In that video, there's another video, uh, I believe Chris Carter from DK tweeted it out. You can check that out at his page. It's Najee Harris on a little flare out of the backfield, maybe a little wheel route, actually. One-handed catch mm-hmm. behind him. Ball's thrown behind him. He does him. that all Bad the time. Pass, one-handed catch. He said he turns does it, it up all the field. time, yeah. uh, I mean, the guy has shown nothing but hands since he's gotten right. to the Steelers' rookie minicamp, and that was kind of the knock on him out of Alabama. I mean, people said the reason why he went back to Bama for an entire season was to work on was that. to work on his pass catching ability to make him a more complete pro. Well, either he did miracles in that one year, or people were just woefully misguided uh, when it came to him because this guy is catching pretty much everything mm-hmm. thrown in his general direction. Of course, it's just been rookie camp and now OTAs, but I mean, you got to start somewhere, and he's starting real well so far. Yeah, I mean, he really has. And um, I mean, I think the thing that's the most exciting about Najee, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a first round draft pick and like you should have this excitement about him. But I'm really excited to see what type of receiver that he is at the NFL level. I know that, you know, we've um, we've talked about, you know, the 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 Lev Belf. And I don't know if he's Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if he's a guy that can run legitimate routes and like be what Lev Bell was. Lev Bell is on a a different Mm. planet than everybody else, but it's just exciting that, you know, you can have a guy that, that can do that. And he did do some of that at Alabama. I know it's college football, but that's kind of the minor leagues of the NFL, but I'm really excited to see, you know, how the Steelers utilize him in the passing game. And it is going to be more than dump offs and that sort of thing, which is more of what you saw when the Steelers, you know, had James Conner, it was more dump offs. And I know Conner right. was split out sometimes, but he wasn't running real routes, he, you know, running like like hooks and and and, uh, and curls and and, and ends and, and drags and things like that. But he wasn't running real routes. I mean, I, I think, Jacob, you've brought this up before. You go back to when in the playoff game when Lev Bell catches that Made ball that over Miles Jack. It's the best catch of the, it, of the game. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's the type of thing that you hope you have – um, in Najee Harris, I'm not saying that he is, but if he can even do three quarters of that, exactly. I mean that's it's a huge upgrade over I'm what looking, they've had. Looking my chops about it. Yeah, I mean that's a huge upgrade over over Connor. It's a huge upgrade over anybody that they've had in the running back room. And we're not even talking about the running game yet. And he's a huge upgrade there. But we're talking about the passing game. I mean that's that's something that I'm sure Ben is very excited about too. And that's probably one of the reasons. Hey, let's get some work in. You know what I mean? Early. I mean we're only in May. And Ben doesn't have to be there, but, hey, I'll throw some passes to Najee. I mean, he's going to have to learn how to do it anyway, and he's going to have to get used to catching the ball from me. And, and, you know, I mean, I guess every quarterback throws the ball differently too, so that's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, they can obviously work on. But, yeah, I'm really excited just to see what what they do with with Najee Harris and will they split him out wide and and all that sort of thing. What kind of routes will he run there? What kind of routes will he run out of the backfield? It's exciting. Tom, I know you have made this argument that – Ben is the most important piece, but I really, I really think the argument can be made for Najee as in terms of value to this offense because you look at the. I think if either of them goes down, they're screwed. Either Ben or Najee. I think that if yeah, either one gets injured. The I think though that weak. maybe now, like now at year what eighteen of his career, how much? I mean, it's it's better 
But are the Steelers that much worse off with Mason Rudolph at the quarterback position? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like a three-game difference, but I think you could say the same That's thing playoffs, about— though, this I year. know, but I think you could say the same thing about Najee. I don't think that if Ben goes down, you could be saying, oh, well, I'd rather have kept Ben and lost Najee, or vice versa. I think it's pretty even. I think, I think Najee, what he can bring to the table, what we expect that he can bring to the table, we obvi- as Callan said— you can't just say he's going to be the next Le'Veon Bell because you don't know that 100%. However, the promise that he shows and what we've seen from OTAs and rookie OTAs, rookie camp, it seems that he is on pace or is capable of being a legitimate r- running back in, in this league. And I think that when you're someone like that, you you bring value to the team. And I think that if Ben goes down or Najee goes down, it's going to be equally detrimental. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Ben is... Where he is at year 18 is going to be that much more significant of a loss compared to if Najee goes down for the season. No, they can't afford to lose either of them. And it's honestly uh, more roster construction than anything that makes what you just said true. Because if they had a decent backup running back, then I would be saying then, you know, I would rather lose Najee for a couple games, have that running back step in, fill that role for a couple games here or there, and then until Najee can get healthy other than have Mason Rudolph have to step in for Ben and fill that role for a few games. But the backup running back, Benny Snell, right now, doesn't instill any confidence in me or I don't think either of you two because I just feel like that is a cliff of a drop-off if Najee goes down and you hand the ball to Benny Snell, Uh, even worse than if you had a James Conner behind Najee Harris. I I just feel like... As far as the backup running back position goes, it's not a very it doesn't inspire you to mm. really think that they have a good running back room. It seems like it's just nausea or bust. And in the NFL, you kinda need two. So that right. is definitely a concern. Even if Najee stays healthy throughout the year, the lack of depth behind him in that position is concerning. Yeah, I mean it is. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. And, and I mean the drop off, like you said, regardless of whether it's Benny Snell or whether it's, you know, I don't know, Kalen, Kalen Balazs or whoever, it is a big drop-off. Um, and we've illustrated this before, you know, if Najee, knock on wood, goes down, I don't know, you know, for a handful of games, like more than, you know, three or four, yeah. uh, yikes. I mean, that, that's, oh, yeah. that's not yikes. a good situation. But if it's one or two, you could get by, depending on who you're playing and how the offense works. And if Ben's still playing well at that point in time and if the offense doesn't completely run through him, but I guess it would have to if you don't have Najee. But you can live with losing um, Najee Harris for a game or two, but if it's more than that, I don't know if you can. Hell, I don't know if the Steelers can really go without Ben Roethlisberger at all this year. I mean, I, I know, Jacob, you said you can make the argument that Najee's more important. Um, I just think in terms of value at the position. I hear because you. Because I, I think we the Steelers have to plan, start planning for the post-Ben era. So what's the difference if Mason gets a couple of games in this year compared to starting well, I, week one next year? I hear that, but my point is if, if Ben goes you know two or three games and he misses time, which he has been you know yeah, prone to miss done, time, yeah. Um, I think it's it's a way bigger loss um, at the quarterback position, whether you know, regardless of whether you have um, Najee or not. I just think that you know, if you lose Ben, I mean, I, I I know that the last time we saw Mason Rudolph, he didn't play bad, and maybe it gives you some confidence that you know he could be a bridge guy for a year or two until the Steelers find their heir apparent. Yeah. But at the same time, man, I really think. I really, really think that you lose Ben for three or four games, the season's probably shot. 
I believe so too. I, I think that I mean, that would it, be the trajectory and, it would go on. And that's, but it, and to Jacob's point though, it might be the same case with with Najee. It I might be. It no, I mean, I agree. I think it is. But I mean, if you're if you're weighing both of them, I, I think it's more important to keep Ben for you know for sixteen as opposed to thirteen or fourteen than it is Najee. Not to say that Najee's not important or that the offense you know won't change with Najee being out there or not being out there. But man, if you lose Ben for an extended period of time, I, I you know. Like I said, even if it's more than three or four games, yeah. it won't be might... easy to lose either. Right, I, I, right. I, I think yeah, that's both. The, I think the point the here, truth. being illustrated, they're both extremely important pieces. Right, you can lose basically anyone. You can lose T.J. Watt even, mm. and I, I believe mm. so because I think there are enough pieces on the defense surrounding him that it's okay. I mean, we just we just went through PFF's grades on position by position, and we saw three guys on our defensive line all make the top thirty-two. We also saw Devin Bush make it. We didn't get to the safety and cornerback position, but we probably could assume that maybe Joe Hayden's somewhere on the 32 and Minka's top one or two on the safety position. I so think there are enough pieces around him that if he goes down, there there are enough supplemental on the defense. And again, defense, yeah, defense, the old saying, defense was your championships, but you know the value comes more so on offense. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger, this is kind of a hypothetical, do you think he kind of sits and he wishes that he had some more of his veterans at the OTAs with him? Like, I, I know Juju's not there Like some right old now. friends, like, like Pouncey? No, I'm saying Juju's not there right now. I, I'm not 100% sure if Claypool's oh, there or not. you mean like people on the team now? On the team now. right now. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Like, more veterans out there getting this work in. And I, I don't think he would be. And again, it's optional and it's not a huge deal that they're not there. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's the, you know, fan in me speaking too much here, but I think that winning teams, teams that have Super Bowl aspirations, have a lot of their roster show up for these kind of workouts. I mean, I know it's optional, yeah, but this is also kind of, to avoid a cliche, where Super Bowls are won. I mean, when you're working harder than the rest of the league mm -hmm. and you're working at times when the rest of the league isn't, I mean, that's how you get that extra step ahead in the NFL and. The Steelers need to get as many extra steps on teams as possible this year. I mean, more than ever, talent yeah. talent is not going to be enough. They have to be smarter than the other teams, and they have to execute better than the other teams do. And I think this is a good time of year to get some extra work in, to get some extra reps in. Coaches are allowed to be around you. You're allowed to you know, run some offense here. I think it would be a, a service to the entire cause if – more people had showed up to these workouts. But again, they call them optional for a reason. Yeah, it is May. It is your off season. You know, you put your body through hell for five, six months of the year during the football season if you want to take some time off. And it's not even taking time off. They're working out, obviously, remotely. Right. Yeah. But if you want to take time off from football-related activities, I, I can't really be the one to fault you there, especially when – you know, turn the calendar a month from now. We're going to be looking right down the heart of training yeah. camp. Mini camps would have started. They'll probably show up for those. Yeah, right. And you know, I don't know if there's. I was. I don't know if there's something to you know the receivers not being there. A lot of them not being there. But uh, you know, it, it is what it is. There, it and is. It's not fair to say just the receivers because T.J. Watt's not there. Right. I mean, right. A lot of players aren't there right now. I know. And I mean, I'm just saying. I, I don't know if. If that has an effect, I don't think that it does necessarily. But, but in know, the back of his head, maybe Ben's like, I wish Juju was here right now. Yeah, maybe. Some stuff. Right, and that's fair. I think that's you know something that could be running through Ben's head. But as you said, it is May. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and do you really do anything at OTAs? Not really. You I know? will say this too. Going back to last year, the Steelers were one of two NFL teams that have no one opt out, not even one guy opt out. And that was when Ben Roethlisberger still had a possibly another year in him after that with people knowing that this is Ben's last year. Like, this is it. I still have a feeling that it's going to be that same kind of mentality. Yeah, they're not there right now, but I still have a feeling that something equivalent of yeah, there won't be opt-outs this year because of COVID-related issues, but something similar to that degree where you won't see guys just kind of flaking out on the season or kind of just not giving it their all. I think it's a very herd mentality of win now across all what will be the 53-man roster eventually. Right now it's it's sitting at 90-plus, and you know, we'll get to 90, and we'll cut down from, like I think, it's 85 to 75 or something like that. But I think as time goes on, whoever makes it to that final 53, you'll see that it's it's going to be a herd mentality of we have to win now. We are all in. And you saw that last year when you saw n- not one single person opt out because of COVID. Right. Um, it's all about pulling on that same rope. You know what I mean? It's right. all about, you know, sacrificing. Like I said, I get that you're in the offseason. It's about sacrificing some of those things, though, to come in and try to build a winning team here. And, again, I don't want to sound like I'm banging the table and, and chastising mm-hmm. these guys because I'm not. I, I don't care in the long run if Juju wants to stay in L.A. for a couple more weeks and, and ride out his summer vacation. I don't know if that if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't be doing the same exact thing that he is. And again, it's not fair to just say Juju because it's more than just him on the yeah. team and it's more than just players like him around the league who aren't going to show up to OTAs. But again, I just, I'm, I'll tell you this. I'm sure Coach Tomlin really wishes everybody was yeah. there. I wish, yeah. I bet you Tomlin sits there and thinks, I wish I had all of my projected 53-man roster here right now to really start to get a leg up. But then on the other side of the coin, and wrap up with this, it's probably also a positive that since those guys aren't there, reps are going to new guys, reps are sure. going to rookies, reps are going to undrafted free agents trying to make the roster. Uh, ben can completely focus on working with Najee now, breaking him in. Nothing else really there to distract him. A- and Fryermuth, for that matter, as well, can focus on working with him. Uh and defensively, we've talked a lot about how the depth on the defense is a total question mark. Well, this is a chance for guys to establish themselves in the depth chart as the number two, number three option in various defensive positions because they're getting reps that would normally go to a starter during regular camp or regular practices throughout the season. So, you know, they say preseason is so important because you get a chance to see these guys shine. Well, OTAs, I think you can also say the same about them and, you know, Ben's there, but there's really no one there pushing Ben at that position that no, you really want to get a look at. So you almost prefer him. But I mean, I guess yeah. Haskins is there. But. but the other side of the coin, for sure, you're getting looks at guys that you wouldn't get looks at if your big dogs were there. Right. You're probably right. I mean, and that can help. I mean, that's a good thing, I suppose. Um, but at the same time, you know, I guess the point that we're coming to, like, would we like to see all those guys there? Sure. Um, it, you know, in a perfect world that would happen, but this isn't a perfect world and it is May and it is optional and it's optional for a reason, like you said, Tom. So, I mean, you're getting looks at guys that you might not see. And I mean, that's kind of the point of OTAs. Um, and that's a good thing, but at the same time, it would be nice to have all those guys there, but you know, maybe you find a diamond in the rough out of this. Who knows? That's the point, you know?
Yeah, that's exactly right. You might be able to uncover something out of someone that you would have never known was there, but just because he gets a couple reps, he all of a sudden makes a roster over someone who is just a fringe kind of floating on the – like Dan McCullers. Dan McCullers yeah. was always on the fringe floating, <laughs> waiting for someone to take his job, and never finally did. Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs mm-hmm. stepped up and took his job. Eight so, years – like six years too late. But it finally but, happened. Yeah. It finally happened, but yeah, that's – all of that is on the table as far as OTAs are concerned. Young players, definitely a chance to put their name in the coach's uh, mind uh, right now. Uh, more news from OTA we'll get to in our next episode. There was a couple of guys that were there, veterans, projected starters, who were kind of surprising to be there, not because you'd think they'd be on vacation, because they're co- recovering from some pretty gruesome injuries. So we'll get into both of those participants and talk a little bit more about OTAs as we roll along here. That's going to do it for this episode, though. You can check out all of our Steelers Standard episodes at Steelers.com, or you can download and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Steelers Standard and hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.